Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, we are recording uh, for, you know, I don't know if this matters, what, what, what's the date today? We're in the year 2018. We're, yeah. in the month, we're in the month of April. We're closing in on tax day. I was going to say that's, I know we're after the 10th and not to the 15th. <laughs> I still have a little room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, my. And listeners, you heard that familiar voice. Yes, Mondo Grimes is yeah. back in the house virtually. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, you're in. You're someplace in California. You're way out there on the left coast someplace. I'm in Middle Tennessee in Franklin. Mondo, are you in the state of Tennessee? <clears throat> I am. I am for a few days. Yep, I'm here. Okay. So, yep, then I'm back out again. So You have been a moving target, my brother. You know, we've missed yep. you. The listeners have missed you. Uh, you really had to put your head down and attend yeah. to financial matters for yourself and your family, right? Yeah, yep. Oh, that's right, man. And, uh, it's good to pull my head up for a minute. It's been about a three-year grind of, yeah. uh, you know, probably more. I, I think the last time I was on the podcast has been a, almost two years. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's been a grind just to pull things together. I think yeah. most, of the, most of the fellas can relate to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, putting your Have head you down, changed yeah. the name on your license to Mondo Grinds? Because, baby, that's where you can <laughs> I know. I know, for real, man. I know. I know. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good, man. But it's, it's great to reconnect. You know, with well, uh, well, I, let me get in right in deep, close, and personal then right off sure. the bat. And let me ask sure. you this. What color uh, are your underwear? And are they boxers <laughs> briefs? Uh, they are boxers and they are black, my friend. <laughs> All right. Good to get that um, out of the way. Yeah. All right. Well, don't get them out of the way. Keep them on. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, I know that you were driven by, you know, economic necessity sure. to stabilize your situation for yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been, you've worked hard, you've been successful. Have you found a temptation to medicate with work? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, yeah, I, I definitely feel like work has become, has been, has become a source of relief as much as a source of income. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that especially in the first year of doing what I'm, what I've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, I, I plunged in so hard and the things that I should have been addressing other ways, you know, mm-hmm. with the community, I found that I replaced work or replaced, I'm sorry, replaced relationships with work. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah. um, that didn't pan out too well. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I did that uh, with, with friendships. I did it with family. I did it with my wife. And yeah. There were, there were ramifications that happened because I, was, I wasn't nurturing, you know, the things that were keeping me on the path. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I found myself trying to create a new path with work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that so you know part of our conversations uh, have been you know like I, I can't do that. I mean that's it's another form of medicating. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. trying to trying to avoid that that beast. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's like well maybe if I just plunge myself into work and you know kind of act like an ostrich, put my head in the hole and act like yeah. nothing can see me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's so pernicious about that form of medication is it is eminently respectable. Uh, you yeah. you get all kinds of pay, positive payoffs from that admiration of others and mm-hmm. status, and uh, and so it's very easy to overlook or ignore the negative ramifications of uh, medicating with work. Well, yeah, well, it's kind of like you know if you if I'm hanging with you guys and and you say, man, how's things been going? I haven't seen you in a while. <clears throat> Man's been working hard and just working and doing this and doing that. Been working like great. But it's different if you ask me and I said, hey, you know, well, you said, how you been doing, Mondo? Oh, man, great. Just been drinking. Just, just drinking a lot. Just, <laughs> just, just, you know, just, uh, just doing it up on the internet, man. Just doing it up, you know. Like, like, <laughs> but when you hear work, it's like, yeah. hey, high, high five, bro. Like, 
Yeah. Know, let's, hey, good for you, man. Now, there's a balance with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> that's that's the the really elusive thing. Yeah. Is that 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 work thing, man? And it, it it got me. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. It, it definitely got me, man. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, there's, there's definitely it's, a balance, but it's, it's hard probably for you in particular because you came from the musical world where everything was up in the air. I remember uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a friend of ours saying that every time he finished a producing project, he was unemployed again. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's right. And that's so right. all of a sudden you jump into something that's consistent and you have some uh, <clears throat> some control, using the word lightly over right. your own upward mobility, that's kind of got to be exciting for a guy that's lived in the employed to unemployed constantly. Yeah. And, and when you, when you work in a world where your advancement is solely de- dependent upon another person's calendar or, or their decision, mm-hmm. like you're constantly waiting on someone else to make a decision for you to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and to get into something where you control that, you of course using that lightly, right. But mm-hmm where it's it's all upon you you're not you don't have to wait on someone to advance you can create your own advancement and so when you get into something like that it's really exciting it's like oh my god this is great so how can you not just go crazy for it mm-hmm. you know and but when you go overboard with it like i did mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh it can it will bite you in the tail you know yeah um, and, and which is it's which you know you and i have kept in contact and aaron you know, you and I had talked, you know, a couple of years ago about some of these things and it just, uh, it can derail you because I did find myself <clears throat> just, hey, I'm taking care of my family. You kind of mask it. You learn yeah. how to be, you don't, you learn how to BS your way through, through right. answers and, right. and we're just working hard and you mask it with work and I'm just doing this and, you know, getting on my feet and digging out of the hole and doing blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then if you can, and then if you can buy your way out with a, a big trip or a, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something for the family. Yeah, I did that for years during my years of active addiction. Mm-hmm. I tried to buy it off with trips to Disney World. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 But you know, uh, it's it's good to to come out of the out of the woods of, of work and and I've had some healthy conversations with with friends, uh, close friends, and even my wife about uh, you know pausing for a little bit. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and. and you know, not medicating with work, yeah. you know, and instead of, you know, there's times where if I'm struggling mentally, instead of calling, you know, you, know, you or someone else that I need to talk to, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll bury myself in it. And yeah. uh, so just trying to <clears throat> definitely being more aware of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is hard, especially with this, with, you know, guys, man, with, when it comes to finances and money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can justify that quickly, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I've got to be a man. I've got to take care of this. I got to do this. So <laughs> everything you've been doing <laughs> kind of goes by the wayside <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it gets trumped easily. It's, it's, you know, that's not the way to go, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the way. So, so speaking, uh, for some, some guys that might be out there where, uh, you know, I had a choice in November to stay in the area with my family and the place that my kids have grown up in and have to work a lot harder to do that or move to another state uh, next door to you guys. Uh, where, where was I going to move, Nate? I can't remember. I was going to, you were going to Mount Pleasant, buddy. I was setting you up. So it, yeah. that that choice was, was rough because... Uh, housing got so expensive like overnight here yeah so i have had to readjust my entire life schedule uh just to be able to pay rent i can't even Mm -hmm. pay my family off with a trip to disney world i pay them off by paying the rent yeah yeah and so i have definitely lost a lot of time I fortunately still have a couple times a week that I know I get together with other guys and have a place to talk about what's happening. Um, but there are some practical things that guys might be hearing like, all right, what am I supposed to do? This isn't uh, this feels like actual necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do we say to them? Yeah. Yeah. That's who man. <laughs> yeah. Go, you go ahead. Nate. I, I, yeah. I, I, no. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's where um, I, I think, first of all, we have to be intentional about self-care. 
because if we don't, we're going to, our capacity to produce is slowly going to diminish over time. We are not built to function just as automatons, as production machines. And um, so, um, and then whatever we can do, I think, to simplify wherever we can, to kind of reduce the nut is going to be helpful. But I know, I know your situation, Aaron, uh, you, you trim that nut right to the bone. It's a tough deal. It's a tough deal. I don't know that there is an easy answer, except that we have to be aware of the issue and how high the stakes are. Uh, and it may yeah. become, it may become necessary brother for, for, you know, your quality of life and that of your family uh, to get to a, you know, you may have to make that geographic change at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I think this season is certainly, uh, <laughs> makes that seem like a nicer option. Just, just get one of them out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two yeah, of them out of yeah. high school. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think that's, that's the hard thing when it comes at a time when the kids are, you know, just statistically at the worst ages to move them away. Yeah. Every, right. all their relational stability. But yeah, but yeah. yes, uh, that that is part. Maybe that's part of the answer. Is we can do small seasons. We just can't create a lifestyle. Yeah. So if I know, okay, I'm not totally disconnected. I'm still connected with people, and this is only for a couple of years, and mm-hmm. then uh, kind of making plans ahead for that change. It might not happen yeah. the way I have it in my head, but to to see it as a season, yeah, makes a difference. I think that the mistake a lot of guys make, and I've certainly made it, is uh, I, I, I am quite capable of um, making my expenses uh, match or slightly exceed my income. So as my income goes up, I can find ways that are not necessary, right? Uh, right? right. To, yeah. to buy the new car, yeah. to you know, get to the price of your house, to, you know add to the credit card balance in a way that just keeps the pressure on and keeps that hamster wheel moving. Yeah. I think people don't, unless you know a millionaire or two, you don't realize that people with a lot more money are in the exact same economic place as people with a lot less money. (laughs) Yeah. Because it costs a lot to keep that giant house with the pool in the back and the gardeners who come and yeah. So they have about the same exposable income. They just have a nicer time driving there. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So learning to simplify. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something for me, man, where um, uh, over the last few months, I've been just constantly just trimming the budget. That's good. You know, and uh, and I have these seasons of looking at two to simplify everything. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I saw this, I saw this little video this morning. Uh, I watch these motivational videos every day. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets my mind going in a good direction, but it was talking about uh, Albert Einstein and how he was, he was really big on simplification and, <clears throat> and having a modest life mm-hmm. and, and, and what true happiness is. It's not in things. It's not in stuff. It's not, making a million and spending, you know, 999,000, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not the big house thing and it's not all this. And so, you know, trying to increase that gap, you know, financially relieves a lot of pressure. I think, I think some people subconsciously, they are addicted to the pressure of, of a small financial gap, you know, of expenses and income. Right. we, 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 as much as it's a good, it's logic to, spend less than what you make but for some reason why do we just keep spending more as we make more yeah uh, and, and and i know for me i fell into that gap of you know the, i work well under pressure you know it's like yeah you kind of you kind of in a way like want slash need the pressure to to work full tilt yeah yeah to go to go hard consistently yeah um, which, in which is not good i mean it's not but i find myself falling in that pit you know yeah <clears throat> and um but you know i know work work is work is the one thing that guys man i, see, I have a lot of people that work with me same deal man they go so hard and you're just missing everything that's going on in your in your personal world with your family this and that because you're grinding so hard 
Yeah. At the, end of, at the end of the day, you're missing moments. You're missing all types of uh, family experiences because you're chasing chasing the buck. Yeah. You know. I think it was Ferris Bueller who said, "Life moves pretty fast. If you <laughs> don't stop to look around, you might miss it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that, hey, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. I just yeah. had to, I just had to equal your Albert Einstein thing. I I just oh, yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. But, Dang it's, it. It, but it's funny, you know, because I just saw that this morning. It's funny that we're talking about that, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of people have asked, you know, where have I been? You know, to your question, you know, where yeah. have I been? And, man, I've been on the grind. And that looks like just working and working. And uh, my wife asked me not too long ago, she said, at what point is it enough? Mm. Is, is, is it enough? Or at what point do you relax? At what point do you find more balance? And, and honestly, guys, I couldn't answer that question. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about how to answer that question, you know, but I I need to answer that question. You know, I, I really had nothing. And I was like, I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. All I know is, all I know is go forward. But, but I see what you're saying. You know, at at what point is it, it, it's not worth missing all those moments, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, falling into a trap, especially, especially, you know, guys, you know, I travel a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and you're working in the grind and I'm, I'm by myself from time to time. And actually probably half the time I travel I'm by myself. And, you know, and you can, you can, there's so many, as you know, it can be so many pit, you know, pitfalls or, or different canyons you can fall in when you're out there traveling, you're tired, you're grinding, you're working, yeah. you know, yeah. per, personal care isn't a priority. Uh, you've, you just all about just go, 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 go. And isolation sets in and just yeah. things start popping up and just all hell breaks loose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely been a few wake up calls uh, for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just to get, you know, reconnected and plug back in is good, man. Much it's really hard to believe, but I think it's really good to go back to Ecclesiastes, which uh, I do not believe was supposed to be read as a depressing book. It's a pretty awesome book. But and there's one chapter where uh, Solomon goes through everything he tried to do to find satisfaction in life. And I love the list because it's our list. He mm. talks about work projects that like, okay, if I achieve this level of building these amazing things, I'll feel better. He didn't. He tried education. If I keep getting smarter, he tried sex. Uh, he tried a lot of sex. Didn't work. He tried being funny and just being the life of the party. And like this, he just goes through everything and we know that he did it to the extreme that none of us will ever be able to go through. Mm -hmm. The the gaining of wealth was one of them. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's really hard to believe, but man, we have a guy who did it and God gave us as an example to literally say, it's not, it's just not going to make any difference in your heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true, man. Yeah, it, it's 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 a check for me for sure, you know, because yeah. I have an extreme I have extreme personality, you know. Once I get locked on something, I'm locked, you mm-hmm. know, like a pit bull, man, you know. Mm-hmm. And but that's yeah, it's uh, that's a that's that's a good reminder, Aaron. That's a huge reminder, especially for me. Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> anyway. Well, how are you doing, Nate? You know, I'm doing well. I am uh, obsessing these days with uh, planning for the epic walking trip that I'm going to take uh, with my daughter. So is there, do yeah. you have tickets? Is there a date? Uh, the dates, I haven't purchased the tickets yet today. I'm going to see my business manager today. I'm going to try and talk him out of the money it'll take to purchase airfare before it goes up further. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do have dates. We'll, we'll be going from the 16th of June to the 28th of June. Nice, and uh, we have a the, uh, we have a structure now for those conversations that we're going to have, and and you know out of the talk, we'll, uh, out of the walk, out of the trip, uh, and actually out of this last year because we've been talking weekly for this last year, will come a book that we hope will do two things: first, inspire fathers and daughters uh, to have deep conversations about their common history, and. Uh, and then also to give them a suggested pattern for doing it. And I've gotten a, a great pattern suggested to me by my recovery coach, Robin Abadie, who was on our last podcast. And uh, so we'll be using something called the Johari window. Have you heard of this? 
<laughs> okay. why, would, why would anybody have heard of that, Nate? You're just making us feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, look, imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine a four-pane window, a square. Okay. Uh, and if the upper left-hand pane represents the things that I know about me that you know about me, too. Um, that's an easy conversation. And we'll spend the first day walking along the coast of Ireland, just going over, you know, our memories and uh, talking about, you know, what we know uh, and love about each other. Uh, The second day is a little tougher. Uh, If you move to the upper right quadrant, the second day is um, things that I know about me that you don't know about me. So there's some disclosure that goes on. Mm-hmm. We'll probably talk some more about my years of active addiction, and I'll hear probably some hair-raising tales of Kristen's teenage years and early 20s. And, uh, but we'll try to get deeper and uh, there. That gets tougher on the third day if we go to the bottom left pane. Uh, that's the more a listening day and uh, more of a confrontational day, which is what my daughter has asked for. She really wants kind of a reckoning here. On that third day, we talk about things that um, I don't know about me that you do. What do you see that I'm blind to? Um, and um, and then. That fourth pain, we'll take, we'll take a week to do the fourth pain together. And that really is exploring kind of the mystery. What is it that both of us are blissfully unaware of? So uh, we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up. We're committing to some how challenging do, conversation. How hmm? do you do the fourth pain? Yeah, you're, you, uh, you, you're blissfully unaware of it. How do you talk about it for a week? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, but probably, probably there will be some priming. Uh, I'll get some help from other people. There are probably some diagnostic questions that we can use. Okay. Um, shoot, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to sit down and Skype with somebody in the middle. Of the week. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something to try to move that. Maybe, maybe you have to get together with. Uh 10 friends each that know you well to give you letters that you will open on those days of things they think you're blissfully unaware of. Ooh. 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 There's a suggestion. It sure is. Oh my God. Cause if, if without something like that, I think both of you talking about the things you're unaware of. Yeah. That's a, that's a very short conversation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I was glad you were tracking with me on that Mondo. Yeah. I yeah. Your face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, see, I, I, I love the way that the kind of this, this, this plan is coming together with input from other people. I'm going to run that past Kristen okay. and uh, I may enlist you guys to, uh, to write some letters. I don't know if you want a couple of eights to do that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now, is it best, is it best if those letters from friends come anonymous? Possibly. Yeah, I don't. I don't see much benefit of knowing who writes them, and that could be distracting. Yeah. In the justification process, you can think, well, of course, that person thought this because blank and blank. Right. Yeah. I think there's probably more downside than upside. So we would probably need uh, some kind of a uh-huh. ringmaster who would right. who would yeah. take and collate those things and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. you're just committed to here, send me this letter. I'm not going to read it and I'm going to put, I'm just going to put them all in an envelope because you know who those people are. Well, I guess then you'd be guessing. I think if you have 10 people and you just don't know which letters from whom you might. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. Or you could have a ringmaster. And so yeah. you're totally unaware. That would be more fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay but it's like we're designing the torture device no put another spike there that'll just that'll get him right in the eyeball <laughs> right, right. That's right. feels a little mean That's right. but oh, good man. times i'm glad you're conspiring for something awesome to happen yeah. oh man okay well you know i was expecting michael cusick to break in on this conversation at any moment i spoke with him only 30 minutes ago uh, 45 minutes ago, not sure where he is, but we do have another guest coming online here shortly. Uh, 
So let's take just a break. Give the listeners time to go pee. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. It's not what you thought when you first began it. You got what you Well, we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast with a uh, a very interesting guest. I'm sure this is going to be a stimulating conversation. I have been looking forward to it. Uh, Lance Ford is joining us from uh, the Panhandle of Florida. Lance has uh, collaborated with Alan Hirsch on quite a number of books. He's a graduate of Fuller Seminary. Um, is it fair to call you an ecclesiologist? What do you think? What? I've been called a lot of things. I don't know if I've ever been called that name. <laughs> if, if, the, if the pay is better than what I'm getting right now, man, I'll take it. That's <laughs> well, you and, uh, you know, I first came across Alan Hirsch years ago with a, uh, with a, a to me, was a groundbreaking book uh, called uh, The Forgotten Ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, where he really talks a lot about uh, gifting and how it should operate in the church. And it rang all my bells because it resonates so closely to the way we think the Samson Society should operate. We've actually set up the Samson Society as a radically egalitarian Christian brotherhood where there is no hierarchical structure and nobody can command the obedience of another. Uh, and it's owned, you know, it's God is its owner and its uh, sole authority. Um, give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it's, it's interesting because when you get in these conversations with guys, so often uh, you start kind of telling your story, and everybody chimes in and goes, "That's my story. That's my story." So <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of us probably have kind of similar paths. You know, I'm, you know, typical. Grew up in church uh, mm-hmm. by the time of 19, I was a pastor back in the mid-80s and ended up being a pastor in the early 90s, a church planter in the St. Louis area in the mid-90s. And um, I know by towards the late 90s, I had a church that was just, you know, rocking and rolling and doing its thing. I'd come out of the seeker movement, but we were a vineyard church, and so we kind of had blended all that, and then we sprinkled in a little willow back stuff mm-hmm. all all of that right and uh uh although our church looked on the outside like it was growing and doing great on the inside i was dying because i knew something was really wrong first of all i was confronted with the fact that we weren't making disciples that we were making a church but we weren't making disciples and uh and i was reading every leadership book you know reading everything that you know Everything rises or falls on leadership, right? I mean, that's that's a scripture, right? So uh, I made sure everything on all that, and uh, but then I just got tired, man. Just thinking more out with leadership, you know, and uh, you know, then I'm confronted with you know a couple of key scriptures: the fact that you know the scripture says that the government will the government will be upon his shoulders, and then Jesus said. You know, uh, take my yoke upon you. You know, it's my yoke is 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 easy. My burden is light, and I'm like, man, that there's nothing in leadership that I can equate with that. I can't even get my head around that concept. And so the only answer ended up being, well, I must be taking up somebody else's burden. 
you know, because mm-hmm. this doesn't feel right. It's this constant me, me, me. It's all about, you know, everything rises or falls on my performance and my abilities and all this stuff. And, and so, you know, I finally got confronted with, I just really started relooking really at leadership and going, and then after that, you know, it's, it's like the red pill. I mean, after you get to this place, you look back and you go, how the freak, how in the world did we ever come up with this stuff? You know, by reading this book, by reading the book, right? How could you mm-hmm. come up with these concepts? And so much of it just absolutely conflicts and is diametrically opposed to what Jesus said and what Jesus demanded of his disciples. And then much less by the time you get into the epistles of just being a, a Jesus follower and just having heart about you. So much of the leadership concepts just bust right up against that. They bang their head up against what Jesus said to do. So um, around uh, in 98 is actually in 1998, two books came out that really impacted me. Uh, Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard and Missional Church by Daryl Guter. And then, you know, as we do, you start reading a book and you see a book mentioned in a book and you start ch- chasing the rabbit trails. And then, then you look at your Amazon orders and you've ordered 20 more books because you read this particular book. So anyway, it led me down a rabbit trail. Ended up in uh, 2003, uh, Alan Hirsch and Mike Frost came out with The Shaping of Things to Come. Ah, there and it is. I was trying to remember that the started put I, on. Yeah, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, that was the seminal work. I mean, that was the one that just, man, it just put language and framework around what so many of us were feeling in our guts. And uh, so that opened up a relationship with Alan and Mike in particular, both of those guys. Uh, That's how really they invaded my world or I invaded their world and ended up becoming part of the Forge uh, network and and so on and so forth but uh, you know constantly at the same time I was still looking at leadership and trying to deconstruct leadership and kind of reconstruct it and figure it out but just wasn't seeing many people say anything about it in the church world they're just not addressing it and uh, you know and for years now I've been saying and I th- I'm sure that you guys have said this too is every few months we see another guy fall I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, who's next? Last night, it was in the news. I mean, right? It's just, who's next? So now, it's like, who's on deck now? Because there's going to be another one. There'll be another one. There'll be another king fall. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, we're not made to be kings. We're not made to carry that stuff. People demand it. People want it. And there's always somebody willing to take the crown. And so... We're constantly just trying to reinvent this same old form of leadership and put a new spin on it and a new spin on it and just banging our head against it, you know. And I know Jesus is just like going, when you guys are ready, I'm over here. You mm-hmm. know, um, come learn my way. So I'm sorry. I just got on the soapbox, but you guys turned me up there. So mm-hmm. sorry, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, uh and I know, Aaron, this is this is just ringing your chimes, too, because you guys uh, there uh, out in Atascadero took a step back 10 years ago and said, we've got to rethink uh, this traditional structure, this ministry box that we've been given. Uh, we've got to climb down off the pedestal they've been paying us to perch on. And, uh, yeah, but see, everything Lance said is way more philosophical. Dane and I just wanted to pastor in a church where we actually went to church there. <laughs> Like that was the first thing. Yeah, that's better. That's so much better. I agree. <laughs> so on day one, we just said, if this isn't possible, please let us know because we both quit. Um, and and then because I am a control freak, not a recovering control freak, but a control freak, say amen, Mondo. Come on, don't leave me here alone. <laughs> uh, so much of the church was to guard them against me as far as our structural Mm. stuff that it just, Mm. I, I had seen how much I had justified controlling other people because we were doing good things. We were doing good ministry. We were helping lots Mm -hmm. of people, but I mean, come on, how many, we can't justify (laughs) that. We, it's just not okay. So anyways, uh, all of, all of what you're saying, Lance, I think is super true. We were just very practical in how we started what we did, but I will say, it is amazing, and I, I hate talking about it because I'm like, I'm going to talk about it, and God's going to go, well, okay, I'm going to show you now. Uh, but that's not the way God thinks. It's just my fear that possibly karma and Christianity are the same thing. <laughs> um, 
I've been amazed that after a decade, things haven't unraveled without controlling people. Like it, it's, it's great and it's fun and it is light. It's, uh, yeah. that yoke is light. So I, that, that's awesome to hear. And, and I'm not surprised though, you know, it's just, it's like old Chesterton quote, you know, just about Christianity, basically that it's been untried, you know, and that's the thing about it is this form of leadership more than anything you know, most when you and I know you guys have had these conversations with people and with leaders, they just cannot even get their head around it being a possibility. You know, yeah. Because when you start talking about any form of plural leadership, not with a with the you know asterisk of with a chief among equals, which is just bullcrap. I mean, that's just <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just just don't even make the effort. Just keep doing what you're doing because that's I mean it's it's oxymoron. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I don't buy into that at all because it kills it all. And, and, and so when you talk to guys about this stuff, they say, oh, well, no, you, you know, you, you can't do that. Plural leadership, it, it won't work, you know, and, and just right. dismiss it immediately without even any real inquiry into it and any real, uh, you know, asking with the possibility that your imagination could open up to something beyond what we've been taught here in the West, which is just, it's just been important. It's just, you know, Newtonian industrialized thinking, you know, but, uh, and it makes the church and organization look like a, a, you know, I, a machine. I feel bad, though, because, you know, we, we go to Scripture to try to find the way, um, but we have things that, that really come from King James Version teaching that we're not out of yet, where, you know, mm-hmm. in Acts, when it says the, the to to take heed to the flock over which God. Uh, right. And you're like, well, okay, but that preposition's literally used, what, 2,600 other times, and it means in and among, and yet in right. one place it was translated over. And then we right. get the translation of the office of deacon when the word office isn't in the, like just throughout scripture. Right. Oh, very unhelpful to say the least. Absolutely. There's several scriptures, you know, and, you know, in, in Hebrew, and you know submit to those who are who, who are over you you know and and uh it, it it's very unhelpful and yeah i couldn't agree with you more so I but think- you know it doesn't take a lot of scholarship to take the time to bust open you know a strong concordance for god's sake you know and <laughs> if, if you know and just find out what the words mean but right. uh but you know it's, it's like the the old adage of you know it's hard to convince a man of something in which his, you know, his livelihood depends on not believing it. And yeah. power is that way. It's hard to convince people and guys that have the power that you're not supposed to have the power because we all want power. Like you said, we're all recovering control freaks, yeah. you know, at best. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but even beyond, you know, that's that Machiavellian, like I want to control a large group of people. I think because we were taught a certain way. Uh, I, I think for a lot of leaders, they feel like, man, I am betraying God. What am I becoming a merchant? Whatever that means. What am I liberal in my theology now? You're like, no, you're actually really much more conservative in how you're using scripture in the text. But I think that for my pastor friends is the biggest concern. Like you're asking me to abandon what everybody told me is true just because now we're looking at some verses and deciding for ourselves that it's not true. And that's terrifying. I don't know. I, go ahead, run with that. <laughs> that's my benefit <laughs> right. of the doubt. I think there are some pastors that are definitely absolutely enjoying the, the control piece, but I know far more pastors that just really don't feel they have permission to, to abandon that ship. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just not, uh, once again, who's talking about it? Hardly anybody's talking about it. And so there's just like constantly respins or trying to work harder and faster and thinking we're going to get different results. Yeah. So how, how do lay people live within those structures, which God can still totally use? I mean, even, even at our church where we try to do things a little different leadership wise, we're still full of crap in ways we can't possibly know. And God's going to love us and use us despite that. So, People are in a church, in a town. I mean, most towns probably don't have the church you're talking about. So, 
how do they live right. within this structure in a way that is fruitful and beautiful, even though the leaders still think <laughs> hierarchical uh, business style church is the way to go? Well, it's very difficult, to say the least. You know, uh, first thing when you say that, it reminds me of, and this kind of goes back to my story that Nate asked me to tell. Um, this was part of it. Uh, I was kind of in that place in the late 90s where everything on the outside was going good on our church, but I knew something on the inside was not good. And uh, there was an older guy in our church, a church member. He'd actually been part of our core group from day one. And I just noticed over several months, he just was becoming, he had a chip on his shoulder. And he was just grouchy and just, you know, he's just rolling his eyes at everything. Uh, and so finally I said, hey, Daryl, uh, I think we probably ought to get together and talk. So we had coffee one afternoon and, I, and, I, and we sat down and I said, uh, hey, w- what's the deal, man? You know, why are, obviously you're, you're upset. You're not happy. What's the deal? And he pointed his finger across the table and said to me, he said, uh, you're not a pastor. You're just a church builder. And I was like, I had no clue what he was talking about. Cause mm-hmm. actually I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job of it too. And, and I left that meeting and he left our church and, and I thought, I don't remember what I said to him, but, but I definitely thought I was right. And then over the next few months, the Lord started unpacking what Daryl said to me. And man, it was exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a church builder. And, uh, and his frustration as a church member had boiled over because he saw the difference. Right. And, 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 and he told me several, you know, he kind of filled in the blank. He unpacked that for me a little bit. But basically, he was right. He had been, you know, he had been pushed to the margins. Uh, his mm-hmm. his his giftings were not unlocked. Uh, were not he there? There was no permission for him, and, and it finally boiled over to the point where he just couldn't take it anymore. And you know, did he uh, mostly mean that you cared more about the people that weren't there than shepherding the people that were there? Is that well? I, I think uh, yeah. You know, I think. It, it, it was, I think what he was saying was it's, it's always more, 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 mm-hmm. build it bigger, bigger, expand it, right. Develop it. Healthy things grow, you know, all those, mm-hmm. those mantras and total command and control too. Although I was a benevolent dictator, um, you know, I would tell people to do things with a smile on my face as I told them. And I, and I, and I wasn't a screamer. I wasn't any of that kind of stuff, but it was definitely control. And I was in charge, man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just, and, and it, it, it made a very small box for what anyone else could do if they weren't on my staff, if they weren't, you know, paid professionals. And, uh, so all that to say, I would say for people, you just got to put your head down and live out the kingdom of heaven where you live, work and play and just say, and, and, you know, obviously pray that, you know, leadership's eyes will be open. I tell you, here's the, here's a funny thing. Aaron, I have thought about, yeah, I wrote a book called Unleader. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that book, but uh, it's about all this stuff. And I, I thought about starting a, a, a service where church members and staff members could order this book and I'd send it to their lead guys anonymously for them. So maybe I need to do that. <laughs> all right. Here's, here's one, here's one more that I would love to hear you answer. Um, even if a Christian is in a church with this hierarchical control system, the only people that have authority over you are the people that you've given authority to. It doesn't matter if they claim authority. Absolutely. So I talk to so many people that are deeply under the authority. I can't start this ministry. I can't do this thing that's in my heart. Mm-hmm. How, how do we tell those people, hey, you don't need permission. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how do we help well, people believe that? Well, I think people have to open their eyes up that the kingdom of the kingdom of God is not that church system, and they and and so many people, you know, subconsciously believe that they really believe that everything's within that local church and everything has to come out of that system, and 
That's just not the case. It's just not the truth. Uh, you, know, you know, we think about it, especially back in the 70s and 80s, and even before, but golly, going back to the 50s, <clears throat> you had organizations that ended up being labeled as parachurch organizations. Yeah. What, what a terrible term. Yes. Who called them parachurch, right? Church leaders called them parachurch. And, and the parachurch leaders, the quote, you know, whether it be Lauren Cunningham with YWAM or, you know, whoever, these were guys that were saying, the church won't get behind me. Heck, I'm going to go out and do the kingdom stuff. Right. Yeah. Now, who's to say that's not church? That is church. Yeah. Right. I mean, YWAM is church. We yes. call them parachurch. So, yeah, I would say on a micro level or a macro level, just go out and live the kingdom stuff in your calling. And, and, and at the same time, if, if you're involved in a local church and you're in community there and you love those people, enjoy that community. Pray that the eyes of the, of the gatekeepers will be opened. Um, live the stuff out. No one can hold you back for ministry. And I think that's what you're saying, Aaron. Well, and I'm, Ministry is serving. That's, well, that's what it means. That's the term. Yes. The definition. So I was just thinking that the word ministry is part of the problem now, because when you say it's a ministry, yeah. it's a thing and it's right. attached to the church. So, right. you know, are you in a ministry brother? Well, I don't know. These, <laughs> these are things I do at my job and in my home and to my family and with friends and in my community. Well, but is it one of the church's ministries? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the church and I'm doing those things. So I guess it is. So mm -hmm. like for for anyone to realize, yeah, ministry is the stuff that fills your life, the kingdom stuff, the stuff that God's put in you. Uh, uh, yeah, so frustrating. There are so many good words that have confused yeah. the issue. Yeah, and they've been ruined because this word ministry has been ruined. The word has totally been, it means platform, it means status, it means profession. And no, it means a servant, right? Mm -hmm. It's a diakonos. And, and, uh, we, I, so I, I think that one of the things that leaders have to do if they want to, you know, change this culture is I think language is huge. I think you have to start changing, changing your language, you know, and, you know, like for one of the things, in fact, I talk about this in Unleader. Um, it's, I'm diametrically opposed to churches, uh, their servants being called staff members or employees. I mean, if you look at the definition of employee in the dictionary, it is straight up the definition of a hireling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it right. absolutely is. And so we just import all this language that is forbidden, you know, by Jesus. It's forbidden, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. it's forbidden, man. It's not like, hey, I wish you wouldn't do that. It's like, no, I hate the Nicolaitans. I hate them. Right. <laughs> I hate those, you know, that, that command rule over others. So sorry, you guys are getting me pissed off here. <laughs> no, but you know what? It, it, to it totally works. I mean, as, as an example, at the expense of leaving Mondo and Nate out of this conversation entirely, uh, we, we stopped using the word pastor because what it means to people is not what the Bible says. So if yeah. they want a word, they can use the word coach, since Ephesians 4 says we're just equipping you for the stuff you're supposed to do. Um, right. But by and large, we don't need a name unless we're going to call them saints or call them uh, by, you know, <laughs> it should work both ways. Barbara. So that's always the threat if someone calls us pastor so-and-so. We're like, okay, you know, yeah. gifts of this yeah. so-and-so. But people, right. like changing that word then creates the awkward conversation and then creates definition and hopefully comes back to a more Ephesians 4 thing. And it's everybody's okay with it. I mean, except people at other churches that think we're weird. But it's it does come back to language, and it is fixable. Yeah, it, it really does. So there's kind of two different conversations going on, and that's, hey, leaders, here's a call to you, which is the, the, the less likely thing that's going to be heard. And the other side is, hey, Christians, you can still be Christians. You, you don't even have to fix your churches or pastors' minds or paradigms to still be able to live within the gifts God gave you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, no one can stop you from living out the, the ethos and the ethics of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, only you can do that. And so, you know, like there's, there's, some, there's some church planting I can't even remember the name. I'm actually glad I can't remember the name, but there's some church planting in entity and kind of their, their tagline is giving you permission. And I'm thinking, I know what they mean by that, but I'm thinking about you don't have it to give. 
They already have permission. Right. Yeah. Right. right. You know, it's anyway. Hey, let me let me just insert so that the listeners don't think that we're being divisive here. You can be for all of this stuff without being against every other church that doesn't live it out. And mm-hmm. that gets confusing in our world that, that if you do church this way or you have this mindset, you must be against everybody else. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that none of us here have time to figure out what God is telling yeah. or putting yeah. on the hearts of any other pastor or any other church. This is just what we're for and what we're about. And in the same way, you as individuals in a church can be for certain things in your life without necessitating you being against your pastors, against your leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. And, and I mean, I have, golly, I had dozens and dozens of good friends that pastor churches that are, you know, structured hierarchically. And, and, and some of them, some of those guys see this, some of them don't, some of them are trying to change it. But there's some really good people in there. They just don't know any other way to do it. They haven't figured it out. They haven't figured out how to integrate the systems and structures to make it work. But that doesn't mean that they're bad people, you know. And, and, you know, it's just that they haven't been able to see it yet. And anything that we see right now, it's just we've been privileged. I mean, the Lord has blessed us. We didn't see it because we were smarter or because we had better hearts or anything like that. And, you know, five years from now, we'll probably come back and look at this conversation and go, well, that was some stupid stuff we were saying. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So we're all growing. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're absolutely, we're, we, we still are seeing through a glass darkly. And just because maybe we've seen a little piece of this doesn't make us smarter or better or whatever. It's just that it's the Lord's grace. And we're praying for that grace to fall upon others, too. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I'm watching the clock and wishing we could go on forever. I did ask Lance to give us 30 minutes, and he has. But I know that our listeners are going to want to follow up this conversation. But what's the best place, Lance, for uh, for guys to go, first of all, to connect with you, and then to c- connect with this kind of body of, uh, of, of uh, scholarship? Well, I, I mean, I love to have conversations about this. Obviously, I'm like most everybody. I'm on Facebook, but uh, I'm uh, my my direct email is svlance at gmail. So, like Sam Victor Lance at gmail. Svlance at gmail. I mean, I love you know. I'm more than open to have these conversations. Uh, the book that I wrote on it is called Unleader. Uh, reimagining leadership and why we must. It's on Amazon and other places. Um, actually, in the, are you guys familiar with Ori Brothman and the book The Starfish and the Spider came out several years ago? I am not. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a New York Times bestseller. Uh, it's in a, in a it's quote, quote, secular, and I don't even believe mm-hmm. in the word secular, but anyway, right. just for terminology. Um, Anyway, we're working on a book right now called The Starfish in the Church. And so the, the basic analogy is that the, a, starfish, a, a spider, his book, The Starfish and the Spider, is a spider organization has one head. If you cut the head off, it dies. Right. A starfish, you cut the leg off or cut it in half, it, 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 it grows another leg. It grows another starfish. Uh, you, yeah. you can't stop. And so, anyway, we're, we're working on a book right now that'll be coming out in about a year that's called The Starfish in the Church that really is not so much destructive. My, my book, Unleader, the first half of it is kind of destructive um, before constructive. But this one really talks about systems and, and structures and, and ways to really turn a church around or turn an turn a organization around, uh, you know, uh, following the ways of the Lord. So, anyway, those are some ways to connect with me, Nate. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, brother, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I get the feeling that this is the first of, uh, of what, what's going to be uh, a long list of conversations. Thank you. Yeah, brother. love to, love to stay connected with you guys. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, fellas, we, we'll be back in just a moment for a wrap up here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Close call, no one wins. Stand tall, running in. I'm wearing them. 
guys and we're back here on the pirate monk podcast uh our guest lance man what'd you guys think about that conversation man that was stimulating stuff i'm glad that aaron was really able to keep up with him you've been down that track haven't you brother yeah Uh, it's it's the road we live on i love it it's great i love i'm so happy he's out there trying to help other people find the freedom. Uh, I mean, to yeah. me, it's it's not even about like, let's have a church revolution and change everything. It's right, about, right. Hey, this could be a lot more fun for everybody. This, uh, let's, let's have more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, this is, you know, uh, I, when I talk to guys about who want to start a new Samson society, very often I'll hear from a pastor who'll say, all right, well, uh, we need to train our leadership to uh, do Samson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and here's our Samson leaders. Right, right. And, and you're like, um, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Everybody's, which is not to say that there are not those within the group with gifting, administrative gifting, Correct. and you got to have Correct. those for the group to to flourish. Yeah, yeah. but leadership's a real thing. Yes, it is. And, yeah, right. And there's no problem with that. And overseeing. Uh, you know, managing something yeah. is also necessary. Right. So, yeah. Like just anarchy. Uh, it's, it's just doesn't need to have the authoritative control component, which I'm pretty sure Jesus said, you know how the Gentiles rule over each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Domineering. Yeah. We will not be like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Bible's clear. And so there's a lot of freedom to just awesome. enjoy being together and use our gifts. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, question, man. I mean, like, uh, interesting approach. I, I was thinking as he was talking, both of you guys were chatting and thinking from, especially the, the background I come from, mm-hmm. you know, to- total opposite. You yeah. Know, there, there's a complete hierarchy is this, that, blah, blah, blah. And it'd be really interesting to hear the questions or to see the questions that he gets, you know, uh-huh. get people contact him. You know, I was, I was in my mind, I was, I was playing the other side, but what about this? Mm-hmm. Well, what well, don't people need order? You know, yeah. <laughs> don't don't people need you know just kind of playing the other side of it? It'd be really interesting, like a part two at some yeah. point, or or so, or even with you, Aaron, since that's the path that, that you guys go down. I mean, it'd be really interesting to, to I, those, hear those questions. Poke. Yeah, those questions are so great because, like, don't people need order? So yeah. there's an assumption that if somebody's not like dominating you or tell, uh, controlling you, that everything falls apart because evidently everybody's so stupid, they can't just be in a community. But that also, if it's an organization, yeah, you're going to need more control. But if it's mm-hmm. just community, uh, you, you know, right. what's the last barbecue you went to where people were telling you exactly uh, there was a when, <laughs> when you had to play cornhole or when you had to go over the card game? Like, it's yeah. silly. Communities, yeah, that, that hard. Yeah. Nate's that's trying to get us to wrap up, Mondo, and I don't yeah, even care. Is. We'll just keep talking. <laughs> I know. Not, not, I, know. I, know. I know. He is. I know. I'll, yeah. So, anyway, but yeah, with all that said, do take so listeners take Mondo's advice and send some poke back questions, especially if you're thinking, I don't know, how does that actually work? What's that look like? Feel free, and yep. uh, and we'll even get some of those to Lance and get them on uh, answering either via yeah, yeah, yeah. mail or on here. Or so. Shoot them here to us at Pirate Monk Podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Well, brothers, I'm looking forward to uh, upcoming episodes. Uh, The calendar is starting to fill up with guests. We've got some great people coming on in the weeks ahead. So uh, until next week, uh, I'm Nate. I'm Mondo. And I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. I'm so 